Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, the album Afterlife with your hosts, me, George, Jazz. And me. <laughs> can I start again? You can start again and go off. Yeah. What's your name? Okay. Um, with me, Noreen. So, what is the album Afterlife? What are we doing? George, I'm so go glad on. you asked. I- um, well, we've been thinking about doing this for a very long time. Um, it has been in the works yeah it's been in the works for about a year but basically we enjoy music we enjoy talking about it we enjoy listening to it um and for some reason we thought that other people would enjoy listening to our opinions because we chat so much shit we were like you know what it's fine people are going to listen to what we have to say yeah people will enjoy this is what we were thinking so we were just like yeah let's just Make a podcast, um, but then we put it off for about a year. Uh, yeah, so this, um, the, the album Afterlife is a monthly podcast available on all streaming platforms. That includes <laughs> Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Um, and obviously YouTube. 100%. Oh yeah, you can watch it on YouTube if you are feeling a bit down. If you like a bit of um, visual, visual elements, yeah. you can watch it on YouTube. It will be there. Each month we take it in turn to pick an album. So I picked this um, month's album and we will go through the whole album go for the whole month listening to the album and then we'll have a little discussion at the end of it a little podcast yeah um should also point out we are not like music critics we don't work for rolling stones key magazine we're not about that life yeah like don't take what we're trying to say is like don't take our opinions seriously like it's not the be all or end all yeah. like if we say something that you don't agree with then yeah we're not who gonna, are we like you know what exactly, i mean exactly like we're not going to be critiquing mark ronson for making the d minor chord instead of the a major chord yeah, like exactly, we're not going to be doing exactly. that because who are we to tell mark ronson what to do yeah exactly so if you want to see someone go like you know scram at someone for picking their chord you can have to another podcast <laughs> we're just going to be speaking about it from a audience perspective because that's as far as we know it and i feel like that's the best way we can come through with it because art is subjective and who are we to discuss what someone has picked we are also available if you like what you hear on all social media platforms. Um, all. <laughs> sorry, not all of them. Uh, we are available on TikTok and Instagram as well. It is at the album Afterlife. Yep. And I feel like we should get into the group of things. Okay, well, George, since you picked this album, tell us should what I, the album is. Should I go ahead? Okay. And who it's by and just a little bit of background on the album. Okay, so um, we had the idea of this podcast a year ago. And I thought, what better way to begin than starting from an icon? And I was like, you know what? Who's an icon like in music? And I was like, I could do a bit of Queen. I could do a bit of Nicki Minaj here and there. <laughs> and She's I was, an icon. Uh, she was. And I was like, you know what? We're British, so we'll start off here From in our roots. Uh, roots homeland. We'll start I mean, off Queen here. is also British. <laughs> yeah, fair but enough. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? Let's think of someone who's an icon. And I thought we got to go for this album because it's a classic. And I listened to it before we even had the idea of this podcast. And I, me too. And I, and as we had to say, I was like, yeah, this is a really good album to begin with. So without further ado, I'm sure you guys already know who it is, but the album <laughs> I have picked is back to black by Amy Winehouse. Woo! A truly, truly magnificent album. Yeah. Album released 27th, October, 2006. It was Amy's second and unfortunately final album. She went out with a banger. Yeah. Um, uh, And had five singles on this album. So you got Rehab, You Know I'm No Good, Back to Black, Tears Right on Their Own, and Love is a Losing Game. It was certified platinum by the BPI and (laughs) and is the UK's second best-selling album of the 21st century. Wow, what's the first? Guess. Take a little guess. Do I know this album? Yeah, well, yeah. Band out or single artist? Single, single artist. Kind of the same genre, not really, but kind of like the same. It's well, not like soul. Yeah, just like slow songs. 
Adele. Yeah, it was being oh, by yeah, Adele. Yeah. Who t- is, we'll get into this, who took a lot of inspiration from anyone. Yeah, else. so fair enough, you know. It came out with like another expanded edition of the album. There was, I think after she passed away, I think yeah, they, they had might to have re-released another one. With more tracks. Yeah. It's a solid starting point. Yeah, definitely. It was also freezing up in there, should I just say? Yeah, yeah. We came in and it was boiling. It was so hot. You're like, and I was, crank up that AC. I was like, crank it up, crank it up. And now I'm kind of cold. Yeah, but it's okay. It we can we can We'll we'll live. We'll live. We'll live. Um, so yeah, I feel like without further ado, let's just get into the nitty gritty. What did you find about the album actually? What just what like my you... my like where? Yeah, what what did what, you see? My, my initial impressions kind yeah. of thing. Well, like George was saying I had listened to this album before. My sister actually brought the album when she passed away. Um, which, do you remember when she passed away or were you t- too young? Because I, I, I remember like everything about when I found out. I remember Michael Jackson passing away. But oh, I remember that too. I, I don't remember Amy Winehouse passing away. Maybe because wow, I was maybe because I was like, mm, I don't really know who she was back then. I was sort right. of like, mm, it didn't really like hit you. No, but I knew who Michael Jackson was, and I was like, that's a big, big like one. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Michael Jackson too. I remember Amy Winehouse. I was on holiday at the time um, with my dad in Malta, and we were Ooh, just vacation. yeah, and it was the evening, and we were like just out chilling with like a few locals. <laughs> Because, like, my dad, we, he used to live there, so we, he has a lot of friends there. So we were just chilling with some locals. And one of their kids, who was a little bit older than me, was like, oh, Amy Winehouse passed away, did you hear? And obviously I was on holiday, like, we I, we didn't, like, we didn't have a TV where we were staying. So, like, and obviously I was young, so I didn't have a phone. Um, and, I, and I was like, I literally remember me being like, no, she didn't. Like, I, I felt like she was lying. Not lying, but, like, I felt like... It was just so unbelievable. Even though obviously so like it was, it was well, to be true, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, we even though we knew as the public, she had like a history of like substance abuse. I was still like, oh no, like that. Surely that's not true, but it was. And I was actually really upset. I remember. I mean, I didn't know like much about her album, only like the singles at that point because I was only like I don't know how old I was. Um, what, what year did she pass away? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, twenty third July. Yeah, I was like twelve. 13 yeah crazy yeah, yeah definitely like when michael jackson passed away i was like oh he's like he's he he was the old guy like fair enough okay he wasn't that old no 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 but, it, but, 50s, but, I but think. Is, he, he made the rounds like we all knew who it was so when he passed away i was like okay fine he like, had like I, quite a yeah. full discography is what you were yeah, saying yeah he he had his about i feel like imanis has so much more to give yeah definitely um, definitely uh, she even like when i was doing research for this podcast there was there was also like talks about what she wanted her third album to be like and i was just listening to it and i was like this would be like she said that she wanted to make a quite like a romantic album um, because this is obviously about breakup. And I was like, wow, like imagine hearing that. Like and she was talking about like new like music genres, like still keeping in line with her like 60s, like soul music, but like with um, a little bit more reggae, I think, which you can hear reggae on this album, too. But she was talking about how she wants to do like heavy reggae inspired like love songs and i was like wow like imagine being able to hear that and we'll just never be able to hear that so we get banging but on yeah, the track no well well, you, well your thoughts on the album do you oh. have anything else to add like so 2015 2016 i i knew of the album but i didn't really care for the album until i started getting more into like oh artists and their artistry and what they do and what they don't do um and i think as i was sort of looking at music as a whole i was like oh wait let's go back to amy winehouse because she was like an icon and there was like a few people at school who actually did listen to amy winehouse and i was like okay i can see i can see why cool kids i I know right i know (laughs) go off on one and i was like let me like do a little dig on her and see what like what's going on 
Um, and I heard the album. I didn't really care much for the album. And then it was only up until recently where I rediscovered the album. Like I'm like two years ago, before we even had this idea, two, three years ago, I was like, okay, let's just go back and see what she was doing, right? Because I, I listened <laughs> well, to- Well, you mature, don't you, when you grow 100%, up? 100%. Like, so you know what good taste is. The music you're listening to when you're like in that- I mean, obviously, S- I- 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Was, it's crazy to what I'm yeah. listening to now. It's, but it's also a lot. Like, you, you mature, your palate expands, yeah, matures. And, and you know what, like, you like, and even if you don't like it, you have, like, respect for it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, which yeah, is yeah. very, very important. Uh, and, yeah, I listened to it about two, three years ago, and I was like, you know what, this actually, this album slaps a little bit. And I was researching more into her, because I listened to um, her Frank album before I listened oh, to I've the not actually album. listened to Frank. It's really, really, really good. Um, it's quite lengthy. It's very, it's longer than this. Yeah, I've seen the track her, like, list debut. for it, but it's, yeah. It's quite a lot. Um, uh, but there's a song I think it's in my bed, really good song, and I was like, this is a really yeah, good song. That what was a songs, single. What other songs has she released? And I was like, okay, back to back, iconic. I've heard of back to back. I think there's also something about her voice as a whole that just makes yes. everything sort of be like, oh, very sultry. Yeah, yeah. it's Th- sultry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think even like the album artwork in itself as well, it's very, very like it's back to back, so it's quite. With the chalkboard. Yeah, the with chalkboard. It's very, very dark. It's very, very grim. You know. <laughs> it, no, no, look at the back. It, she's in a. Classroom, classroom, yeah, and there's like a massive ass chalkboard behind her, and it's like been like wiped out. So but her, but back her outfit's not quite no, dark, which is actually, I think it definitely that outfit definitely describes her personality. She's very, very bubbly character. Yeah, she was very real. She she came across yeah. as very real, which I, I loved. I don't know. I think it's probably the Londoner in her. So. Yeah, yeah, we love we're, we're both Londoners, so it's like we we could tell she just didn't give a shit. Yeah, as she should. Should yeah. So let's go off starting from the first track. We're gonna do a little track by track. When yeah, we're just gonna like go through each and every track, see how yeah. every track was. Blah, blah. Oh, and just like this was co-produced by not co-produced. Well, yeah, it was co-produced, but mostly produced by Mark Ronson. Yeah, massive um, but, shout out to him. But you know, also, produced- I, I spoke to him recently. Um, he said he's you doing personally. <laughs> yes, me personally with my two followers spoke to him. But also, it wasn't just produced by um, Mark Ronson. Um, Salam Remy also yeah. has a few tracks on Very, there. very important. I watched watching the Amy Winehouse documentary. Very, very, very influential. Yeah, he did a lot of hip hop. Um, yeah. He was Nas's producer, which we'll get more into that when we get into yeah. the tracks. But yeah. So let's start off. Track number one is Rehab. Classic. Probably one of the first Amy songs I've ever heard, along with Valerie. Yeah, I think Valerie was my number one and then Rehab was my number two. And Back to Back was like somewhere around there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we knew of her. Now, go on, Rehab. Um, as I was doing research, obviously the lyrics are quite self-explanatory. It's about someone, Amy. Um, people are worried about her and saying that she should go to rehab and she doesn't think she should. She doesn't think she's got that much of an issue. She just thinks that it's a little blip. Like she's a heartbroken because her relationship ended. So once she gets over that, she'll get over her um, alcohol intake and it's not an actual issue. Um, and that, yeah, she doesn't want everyone to think that she's doing better if she's in rehab yeah. when she's not. Um, it's also quite like an autobiographical song. Autobiographical song. Yeah, I mean the whole album. She just but speaks yeah. about like herself, and it's like quite like an upbeat kind of album for the upbeat. Sorry, upbeat kind of track for what she's, she's talking what about. she's saying. Oh, definitely, like, it's yeah. a lot. Um, and I think that there was like a section where she was having that conversation with her father, and he was like, "You might need to go to rehab. You might need to like do all this." And she was like, "I, th- I think she was walking with Mark Ronson um, on yeah, the streets, the and 
she was like to him, oh, my father told me to go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. And he was like, oh yeah, write that shit down. Yeah, that yeah. shit good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was her, well, I'm not sure if it was her dad, but from what I was doing for my research, she said herself, it was her management company were taking notice of yeah. her um, intake and said that they tried to, she says that she thought that they were just, tr- they were trying to be the good guys and step in and be like, you should go. But yeah. she said no. There was also a point in her career where it was like, if you don't go and get help, then we simply just cannot like help you. Mm-hmm. I th- can't remember if it was for some performance or it was, it was some, either festival or performance, but her management were like, like you need to like, go and get like it, this whole thing checked out to make sure you're safe because otherwise we can't let you do more than this do, do it yeah because it's just not but it's not good for like you yeah and i'm assuming they said it's not good for our reputation as well because that's how they would go yeah because you know it. capitalism so. yeah um she went straight into touring when this album came out like straight into promoting it straight into touring and the few shows that she did because she had to cancel a lot of shows because of her uh, abuse alcohol and drug abuse she you could like see that she really wasn't doing well like not only just like vocally and musically like not performing to her best abilities but like you can see that in herself like she would cry a lot like shout a lot at the audience and things like that she She, wasn't doing well she did a like shown like i think it was austria somewhere around on the amy documentary and it was like crowds were booing her off stage because she just loud refused to sing Mm. and it was like got to that stage where it was like oh my god and also the british press made it just so i mean the british press is just notorious for making everything 10 times british press is so so bad it's the worst and they just obviously played a big fat role in like writing out who she was and basically wrote the story out for herself yeah like she i think just amy in general she she was one of those artists but it was like the fame came with the talent she wasn't out there to to die hard be famous she wasn't no, there no, to be no. famous she was just like the fame just came with what she was doing and came with the job yeah like. it just got to her yeah and definitely she, she just like wanted to be like a normal person and there was like a, i think it was she said if i could take it all back um to just go down the street normally i would do it because mm. it's just like one of those things where it's like it just comes along with the job yeah what can you do yeah i feel like rehab is like a perfect opening to the album and i think i was listening to it on the way here and i think it like sets the tone for the album completely in terms of like musically like you know what you're gonna get like it the the, like 60s like big band um jazz soul thing she had going on like that comes off the bat you can tell it's gonna be a breakup album as well because of like in the lyrics she's saying like i'm like i've lost my baby like that's why i'm like this and just like she has a lot of like nods to like back to black like yeah she already like she's already saying that yeah i think it's a it's a perfect opener yeah it's like a good present start of the album sonically and like lyrically everything you know what you're going to expect when you listen to it so i think it's a very very good after the album very very catchy as well you can tell which ones mark ronson's produced just because i feel like they're a lot more bigger obviously he has more slow songs but like in rather like with um salam remy like you can like hear like it's a little bit more slower a little bit more like reggae influenced but like with mark ronson you can see because it just feels big yeah um and which i love yeah Yeah. and that's just who mark ronson is like for every song that has been built on mark ronson you're just like oh this is definitely a mark ronson song 
Yeah. With uh, sort of every artist he like works well, with as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's like Timberland. Like yeah. Oh, in yeah. terms of producers, like you listen to a song and you're like, yeah, Timberland produces. So. Timberland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of singles, let's go on to her first, like second single on this album. Um, you know I'm no good, which is has a good four minutes and seventeen seconds. But once again, another like upbeat song. Uh, definitely more sort of relax than rehab rehab is more like you know shake your ass out um you know i'm gonna say like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think you're shaking your what? ass no, in no, the but, club to rehab but I don't, they're no. trying to make me go <laughs> <laughs> no but i don't know i mean like you know you could get going in a yeah, club yeah i i don't know i do know what you mean <laughs> um but yeah you know i'm good um it's about like she cheated on a man and she knows what she was doing and she has this off front of being like you know i'm no good like the like, you know, I was no good for this. And I told you this several times. And this is like, what has happened is because of this. And um, I think it's kind of like trying to, for her saying that, like, you know, I'm no good. It's trying to be like, not placing the blame on him, but like absolving her a little bit of the responsibility. Just saying like, yeah. you know what I'm like, you know what I'm about. Not saying that she was a serial cheater or anything. No, but, but like, you know, like. She she basically has a whole front where she's like, I've told you this, you've gotten yourself attached, and like this is what I'm doing. But yeah, shifting the blame onto him. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very very like environmental song from the get go line. We're set the we've set the location where we are. We know what's going on. We know the story. So even if it there plays was, out like a movie, like yeah. a two, early two thousands movie. Yeah, it's not like a linking song. That's what's so good about this album. No song is like a linking to another song. It all has its own separate thing. And I feel like with this album, she sets the tone really well for this song mm -hmm. so that's location what we're doing what we're getting ourselves into and the whole message is all just sort of flown really really like well yeah i agree yeah i think like i can see it in my head like when i said early 2000s movie like that's what it like i can play it out in my head kind of thing um and just the lyrics are great too like for it being because you know sometimes i think you could you find like songs that describe everything like that can i don't know yeah it can go, not get too much but just like okay like moving on but i think this one doesn't do that and also she's also, it also like, shows that like he kind of doesn't care yeah as well like when i was kind of when he says like when we're married because you're not bitter when we're married because you're not bitter there'll be none of him any no more so like he loves her a lot he's willing to like marry her forgive her but like when we get married you can't sleep with him anymore you just kind of I don't know, shocking. I, I also love the line of chips and pizza, just on oh, its yeah. own. I, I absolutely <laughs> love it so much. Because I just and I was like, what is she even saying? Chips and pizza. And I was pizza. like, oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, it's also quite like her, like, she seems very aware of the situation that she's in as well, which she didn't when she was like, like, she didn't need rehab to know what she's doing. It's actually kind of heartbreaking. Like, this when you're listening to the lyrics, like, she's, I know she's the one doing the cheating, but like, it kind of sounds like self-sabotage. It's really upsetting, actually. And like a lot of lines, like, like I, I treated myself like I knew I would. Um, it just, she's just great. She's yeah. just great. Should we get to the... What's the next track? Do we have anything to say about the production I, I, about this track? I, or I no, not really. It, it, it's, it's a lot of like, um, the album itself is sort of like an upbeat, slow beat, upbeat, slow beat. We're going chill now and we're going to go upbeat again. It's very much like, yeah it changes quite a lot well yeah in her Keeps uh, up and down. in an interview she did about the album she said that like because she released frank in 2003 so this was like three years later when she released this and she only wrote this in five months though but she says in the interview that 
she had to have three years before releasing a new album because she needed to go through those like peaks and troughs and i think you can see that through the musicality of it more so than the lyric well also some of the lyrics because some of the songs are quite funny like the next one is like a little respite i think I from like the heart right. yeah me too um it's a little respite from like the heartache like it's more jokey right, and speaking of the next track yeah i absolutely love this song by yeah, the way. this next is my track favorite song is ne- um me and mr jones um produced by salam remy is a reggae inspired track about well when i was looking up she said herself in an interview that it was about someone that she was talking to they were on and off for about six and seven years this sounds like a long time but that's what she said um very long time yeah maybe i got that wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what she said um she said that they were really good friends and he worked at a record company or for a record company and she, when she couldn't get into gigs she would call him and be like let's go Let, like can you get me into the gig yeah. we should go and then she called him about a slick rick gig that was happening and he never got back to her and she was upset about it and that's what she wrote the song about I think um, it's one of also her favorite songs. I got told it was her favorite songs to sing because it's quite slow. Yes, it's quite yeah. like slaps. This is the fucking word. Slapsticky is very like <laughs> sleazy kind of like she can. There's a lot she can do with her vocals. Yes. In the song and it's like she loved doing that on stage as well. So it was a very very easy song to sing. Yeah. Um. When I was looking up because I knew I know that her sorry what not easy song sorry I said easy song to sing she could do more with what she with did. it yeah I, I I got you don't worry okay um. When I was looking more into it, like I know, I knew that her and Nas, the rapper, were um, friends because they shared a producer, and that's how they met each other. I already, I knew that, um, and she did some ad libs for some of his songs. But when I was looking more into it, this song is about him because they share a birthday, and she references his birthday and his uh, daughter's name as well in the song. His daughter's name is Destiny, and I don't know, it just made me like really enjoy that song even more because like I love hip hop, she loves hip hop. Um, Nas is definitely someone that I think that we should be covering at some point. At some point, we'll get into um, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It made me really happy um, that they had this relationship because I really like Nas. So, yeah. uh, me, and Miss, uh, me and Mr. Jones, also based off the very famous Billy Paul song, Me and Mrs. Jones, yes. which I've luckily gotten a face for right now. I kind of love it. I knew it before, like um, Me and Mr. Jones, but I feel like after the song, I was like, oh. Let me just listen like to go it back and listen to it. Yeah, and I've been obsessed with it right now. Um, and it also has the line, "What kind of fuckery is this?" Which she wants to actually call it fuckery, okay. yeah, but yeah. they were like, "No, you can't call it fuckery because who's going to be saying let's play fuckery out loud?" Yeah, they, they uh, were worried about radio play. Yeah, because. But I like the title, "Me uh, and Mr. Jones." I know it's it's so. nice. It has a cute little ring to it, and it like you know, it's really good. I really so like good. the chilled out vibes, especially after. Um, well, the one before was also kind of chilled out, but like Rehab was a really big opening. So I, I really like the song um, and the production and yeah, the reggae feel that it has to it. You can definitely tell it was produced by someone other than Mark, Mark Ronson because of how chill it is and because of how like none of a spectacle it is. It's just very, very oozy and chill. Yeah. Only two minutes and 33 seconds. So, so you expect a little bit more. Short but sweet. Short but sweet. Short but sweet. Yeah. Full song. Just Friends. Uh, three minutes and 13 seconds this one i don't know why i'm telling you the music as we yeah. just go and listen to it um i describe the song as quite an interludial track um mm, it's quite of like a it we we spoke about how it, all of emma winehouse's singles can 
Amos's music can be singles, especially on this album. And this one too, but I feel like it's more of like the very, very, like it's very, very coasty. I love like the horn hits. I, that's probably the wrong instrument, but it's like when it goes, I love that so much. I think it's, um, it, it just sounds very, sonically, it sounds very, very, very nice. Um, I love how like cool it is and I love her voice with like the instrumentation as well because you know she's got quite a quite a high voice and I feel like too much high in a song is sometimes not like the best but I feel like she does a great balance of getting her voice and getting like the deep parts of the instrument so everywhere works really well together wow really good concise thank you Um, yeah I mean this one also has like a more it is also chilled out. We literally were saying, oh yeah, this album's so big and it is, but like, yeah. I think the first few tracks after Rehab are chilled out. This is also produced by Salam Remy. Um, and yeah, I the song itself, like the lyrics, yeah, it's basically her just saying like, like he's gone back to his ex, which he did in real life. Um, and she's just saying like, I want to be with you, but it, it's painful and I want to be friends, but I think, that was probably also painful for her um but like when could we when do we have the opportunity to be that um instead of just being something more but yeah I don't know I feel like it's a very like truthful song but all her songs are truthful I guess you can describe it like she like we said earlier like she's not fake it's also like about like her like she was very much of like she would drink quite a lot she didn't really use drug like heavy drugs until it came to being with Blake yeah and it's there's like one line in the song and it's like my thing works at night but your thing works in the morning so there is literally never ever time for us to just like be friends like together when we're just constantly being like drugged up when we're constantly Mm. consuming alcohol so there's just never a time to just be friends Mm. i also read somewhere that it was like about her and like her and salam's relationship as well like something to do with like them just trying to be friends but i don't know how true that is i'm gonna just just deny that fact and just say yeah it's about her and blake like just being consumed by drugs 24 7 and it having an effect on their relationship and it actually ended up having an effect on their relationship um so so next one title track the big one is here um back to black um and this was actually named time magazine's best song of 2007 yeah um and it's about this is not verbatim but i got this from an interview that amy winehouse did and it was just she said that it was about being in a relationship and when it's finished you go back to what you do like what you knew before like you go back yeah. to work you go back you know talk to your friends blah can, blah can i just say when you're saying about um the song it was ranked it, the album itself was actually ranked 33rd best album of all time by, by rolling stones Rolling Stones, yeah um on. but yeah so when you're in a relationship but when it's done you like go back to what you know like i was saying you go back to work you go back to your friends but she wasn't working at the time she said so she couldn't throw herself into work um and the guy that she was seeing blake went back to his ex and she didn't have anything to go back to so she went back to black like back to being sad um and she said that she had a few months where she was doing silly things um but that's what you do when you're young and in love is what she said um it's also like a great like next track from just friends because like it's like they've gone back to being just friends and now she's just gone back to black now like, mm. like she does she wants more of the relationship um it's sort of like a change from the last song where she wants it to be more, she wants the relationship to be more but now that they're just friends she's like oh wait like i'm now back to back because like yeah i, I basically got nothing and, and also, kind of in disbelief that yeah. he could just like throw what they had away like 
think, yeah. I, I think she needs to, there was, there's a line where she talks about getting high in the first verse and it's just like, do you mean like holding your head high or do you mean like in pride or is it like uh, back back to being high on drugs? So it's just like, mm. it, it's like, what do you, it, best, best of both worlds, not really. Um, um, yeah, this is also produced by Mark Ronson. Yes. It was the first song that they worked on together for the track. She apparently came to a studio and played him a lot of like 60s um, jukebox music and he and then he got really inspired and he came up with the piano and she went in the back room when she had the piano and wrote it and yeah, it's um, stayed very similar, I think, to the original lyrics. I think a lot of like Emma's songs, find she finds it troublesome to like find closure and I feel like, especially when she's gone back to black, it's like she doesn't know a way to get that proper closure without feeling like some sort of like sadness to it. Like sh- like in the chorus where she's like, we only said goodbye. It's like, but that she doesn't feel closure from what you've just said. She like needs, she needs more. more than that. Yeah, we only said goodbye with words. Like yeah. as in, and I, I always interpreted that. Interpret- I mean, it's not really an interpretation. I feel like it's just there. It's like what she's saying. But um. <laughs> Like she wanted like more like maybe like say goodbye physically as well. Yeah. Like if that's a kiss or if that's like more than that. Um, also, uh, yeah. um, she also says like we were speaking about the whole you love blow and I love puff or I love blow, you love puff. Yeah, yeah. That's phys- physically said verbatim in the song. Also, clean version actually rocks. I love the clean version of the song. Oh, I've not listened to the clean it, version. It, it literally is nothing. <laughs> but like when she goes, you love blow. And I love Puff. The blow is like a little like boing. It's really good. Wait. <laughs> Go why on, did what? I just? I've been like. <laughs> why did I just discover what that word, what that line means? Even though it's pretty self-explanatory. Now that I'm thinking what, about you love it. Blow, I love Puff. Yeah, and it's like how he she didn't get introduced to heavy drugs until she started yeah. dating Blake. He introduced her to cocaine and heroin. Um, I don't know if he introduced her to cocaine, but definitely heroin. Um, and it says here on Genius, he's a cocaine user bloat and she loves weed. Puff. She does. And you know what? Wow. She wrote it. That's having a realisation right uh, now. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, have a little moment. Have a little moment. Um, but yeah, this song is incredible. It's big, it, yeah. which it needs to be. I really like the music video. I, I remember watching the music video when I was younger. Yeah, and same. I, and I love it. Like, I love the idea of like a funeral and like, like to witness the the death of their love it, yeah. i don't know i really enjoy it it's really I, good I, I actually think i might have like back in the day i might have watched them like music videos of hers and i was like oh she's i it's her eyeliner and her hair that was iconic for me but i didn't care for her until i got like older as you've said before um but one of the best of this album obviously oh, i think that's why it's the title track it's just 100%. really really incredible with no like difference whatever it's amazing amazing song uh track number six love is a losing game um thoughts and prayers. Love is a losing. Um, is it? It was a single. Um, last single. I think it was the last. I think single. it was like one of her. Yeah, last ones. Um, this is a song that I because when I listened to the album, I, when I first listened to the full album, um, there was obviously songs you know and songs you don't know. Um, and this is one that I knew, but like I wasn't completely familiar with. But yeah, I mean, oh, why is she kind of right with the title, like? Especially recently, I'm kind of like, yeah, love is a losing game. She, she, I think she knew, <laughs> she like, knew how to title her songs. Facts. She knew what, like, I think every song just describes what the, every song title describes what the song is literally, like, about, as it should. Some artists have this whole thing where it's like, I'm just going to make, like, a song. It's not going to be, like, I'm going to make a title. It's just because the lyrics are in the song. Who's a scissor? 
Did you say? No. <laughs> no, no. Scissor had one where it was like, I don't like to use any of the things I like. I don't like to use the lyrics and just like put them on a touch track. What's the weekend? That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Scissor. We love you, Scissor. Yeah, no, just no. Just that I one thing. Album of the year. I think she's going to win it this year. Hopefully. What? The S- SOS? Yeah, I think so. It, well, I don't know. Taylor Swift is also probably going to be up there, but I don't think Midnight's deserves album of the year. No, you don't. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't think it. As a Taylor Swift fan who's listened to her discography, I think it's a very weak point of her discography. We'll put on the side. Okay. That's a podcast for another time. <laughs> okay, Love is a Losing Game. Love is yeah, a Losing Game. Love is a Losing Game. She's like just looking back at the at the song Back to Black. Um, she's just like, oh yeah, well now I'm back to black. Like love, I literally can't deal with love. It's just a losing game. Like we've been through all of this, and for what we've just lost the game. Um, so you're just looking back at the relationship, I guess. And like, there are some lines where it's like five stories as you came, like a fire being like turn up five stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I thought that meant like you know a fire like you know rising up five blocks. Uh, it turns out it's like apparently like a sexual thing. Oh yeah! Oh oh oh! <laughs> no, apparently it's like a sexual thing. I said I'm here for that interpretation. I don't hate it, uh, but I would I would have never guessed it. And she can do like a, a, as like um, me and Mister Jones. She can do a lot of with her, it. Her, yeah, yeah. Physically live on stage. Um. Well, that she could have done with it. Bless her heart. I think that she kind of slapped with this song in terms of. I think she's right about the title. I think Love is a Losing Game. Yeah. Lol. Um, it's but yeah. a chill song. It, goes, it dies down a little bit. And then it lifts up, actually, um, on Tears Dry on Their Own, seventh track. It lifts up quite a lot. Um, Which I love this track so much. Uh, oh no, I think definitely like my top one, my top three. This probably is like second on there. It's just so good. It's so good. Um, produced by Salam Remy. Um, I think it's quite hopeful as well. Like this is a hopeful place in the album, especially after um, Love is a Losing Game. I think she's saying like, I'm upset, I'm sad, but like, and he walks away, he takes the day, but you know, my tears dry on their own. I don't know. I'm kind of taking that as like, they, I'm going to be okay. I feel like yeah, that's I how th- I've interpreted yeah, it. Like yeah. my tears are drying I mean, I mean, she says like she'll be some next man woman soon. She's something like that. She's like, oh, oh, I can't remember the line for it, but she was like, I'll be some next man's woman soon. And it's just like, well, now you know, um, if love is a losing game, your tears are gonna dry on their own, and they're gonna go through this whole process again and again. Um, so it's quite like a. But I feel song. like we've completely misinterpreted this, and this is like a really, really sad song or something. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like I find that it is quite hopeful. Yeah, I, I feel like so obviously music is up to interpretation. Like you, it's what you think what's gonna like go down. In the first verse, she's basically saying that like, oh, she doesn't like she knows that they're not gonna last. So like, but she's made a mistake by getting attached. But she knows that they're not meant to be together. So like, I th- like. I don't know I guess that's kind of like comforting as well like knowing what's happened like you knew what was going to happen yeah. but you still wanted to yeah you've played yeah. it out before it's like happened but you know what to like expect when it's going to happen I um, also should add that this apparently song has the same chord progression as Ain't No Mountain High Enough oh yes oh yeah Which I was going to say that it, in, in, it interpret interpolates there you go. I can't pronounce the word. Um, ain't no mountain high enough so like you can hear Ain't No Mountain High Enough in the background and that's why the writers are also for Ain't No Man's High Enough are credited on this song. Um, and apparently the lyrics got changed from like, and she says like, and in your grey in this cool shade. Um, and she always changes up to, and in your way in this blue shade. 
she would change it up sometimes and it's just a more of like a meta a metaphorical um line that one and just the way that chorus builds too is yeah incredible. yeah a next track um is wake up alone so what do you think wake up alone um, <laughs> I, I think it, it this whole album has been like a change of like she's doing this then she's doing that and then she's doing this and i feel like as the story has built onwards i feel like now she's realized oh my tears are gonna dry up on their own but now i'm just waking up alone i'm back oh, to rhymes. My- oh wow <laughs> i didn't realize that uh and now she's like back to her like overthinking cycle um she's like a- annoyed that she can't move on and this whole song is just about like her overthinking and obviously the drinks and the drugs just don't help with that mm-hmm. um like it's a lot of being like like i don't want to deal with this in the night because i overthink in the night so i'd much rather deal with this in the day there was a line like that as well mm-hmm. and i can't remember the line of what she said but she just wants to deal with everything she wants to get herself busy she's not like thinking on on her relationship because she's still very very dependent on her like romantic interests right um and it's just about being like a functional alcoholic like your day by day if you're busy during the day you're not thinking about alcohol gets to the night and you're thinking about it and you just want to drink over and over yeah i mean yeah like during the day you've got things to do but like in the evening you have more times to more time to just sit and like look back on things like looking back on you know your relationship um and then that is what's causing the spiral and the uh, alcohol consumption it's got a lot of like liquid imagery as well liquid imagery as well so you know you've got like the moon spilling in but she's spilling over him which is crazy because i never actually realized that like when she said i'm spilling over him it's like oh just some guy that like you know she's met why not blah blah um but it actually is like the alcohol like she like when she says she it swims in my eyes i'm just like okay metaphorically the guy's in her eyes blah blah blah. but she's just like consuming herself in alcohol Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day she wakes up alone because the alcohol wasn't a guy it was just the alcohol itself so it sort of replaces like maybe it replaces the highs that she got when she was with the guy with alcohol and she wakes up alone because there's actually nobody there deep we're getting deep up in this gaff guys we're getting deep nice one some and a holy war i'm not gonna lie to you guys i'm gonna struggle with speaking yeah. <laughs> i don't know what else i can say it's a nice song i was listening to this on the way here too yeah i'm i it's not there's not much i can say about this as well it's about again about her boyfriend yeah it's just uh, her like, ex like her battling like a war between like um her ex going it back going back to him she said drinking. i mean she said apparently she said on glastonbury that this was the first song she wrote about blake and she said i didn't even know what it was about and i, I still don't it's oh a work my in god progress. Yeah, no no i literally have that like oh yeah i, I was gonna like that's why we don't know what to talk about because we she just doesn't know what the song is about <laughs> i heard that she was probably like looking at the afghanistan war and she was like oh like being it was being called the holy war something like that and she was very very interested in that um, but yeah, to this day, she has she had no idea what she was writing about. We have no idea what we're speaking about in this song, so it's just a win-win uh, for us, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I mean, this is definitely I'm not again back to who are we to be like yeah. I don't like this song. Um but like and I'm not saying that the song is amazing is I keep on saying amazing, but like it is. I'm not gonna try and downplay it, what who she was and what she made, but definitely a, not my highest point of the album. 
is what I'm saying. No, Do you know what I mean? 100%. Um, track number 10 is He Can Only Hold Her. Which is... The penultimate yes. track. And it interpolates Iceman's My Girl, She's a Fox, uh, oh, where Jimi Hendrix played the guitar. I've listened, I listened to that as well after I found, found out. I feel like this song is basically like she's talking about herself, even though she's talking in... Inside person. In third person. I think she's talking about herself and like she like he, she's talking about someone who's trying to like love this girl but she's like so vacant or like not really there because in this case i guess because she um because of someone that she used to like like she's still thinking about her ex kind of thing like she's emotionally unavailable so whatever he's trying to do is just not working that's my interpretation of the yeah, song. Yeah, it's very much like, I think it's very, very cool that she did this in third. Like, she speaks about herself in third person as well. A mm-hmm. little bit of a change, as we've seen for the album, because everything is sort of autobiographical. And this is very, very biographical in a way as well. But it just changes the perspective. Um, But, I mean, this song, it, I wouldn't class it as, like, one of my top songs of this album. Not this one. I think it's a good song. It's a standalone song. It can definitely make its way up there for um a single i just think it's just not one of my ones up there but i love like i mean it's hard when you have an album like this where there's so many amazing songs like there's no way you can like rank them you know what i mean yeah but yeah i know what you mean it's a good song a standalone song just not single material not that everything has to be yeah sometimes sometimes you want just like a deep cut like only for the fans kind of thing yeah and i feel like even the third person of it this all makes it very much like oh yeah it's cute it is for you guys this tracks for you (laughs) okay (laughs) um last song on the album which is my favorite song one of my favorite songs of the album actually track number 11 is addicted Addicted. yeah which is um, my favorite i think it's definitely a respite from the album i think it again is more of on the funnier side um and just talking about the track itself is talking about how her friend's boyfriend keeps on <laughs> nicking her weed. So she's like, gotta get the green man. Just like, bring the green man. You're like, you're paying for the weed now because yeah. you've stolen it. And I think it's, well, taken it, used it. Um, and I think it's just a really funny way to end the album. Um, it like a little. Sounds like very said, nice as well. Yeah. I love the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like a respite yeah. thing. And it, it's, it's really good. It's like the perfect roundup to the album itself yeah it kind of inc- encapsulates the whole thing because yeah. i mean I, I sort of had this idea where it was like it sort of sandwiches the first song and the last song together because you've gone through rehab you've gone to rehab you've gone through all of these emotions and now you're back to being addicted and it's just that whole cycle again and what happens when you're addicted you go back to rehab so that whole cycle repeats and repeats and repeats and yeah it just sandwiches the beginning of the album to the last very of the good album. bookends yeah it's two. very 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 nice i do i do love it it's just so nice and yeah i love the line and um, we got call the green man bring a mic you're just nicking all my weed yeah it's really yeah. back it's really nice i do love it okay more than any dick did oh yeah that that's really good wordplay amy winehouse well done for that really good wordplay on yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah have you seen the trend where it's like what is it addicted what is it addicted why am i saying addicted what happened to Addicted. No, I've okay, not seen that trend. But yeah, that's it. We're going to give us a f- final, our closing statements. No, oh. like just what we think of the album as a whole. Um, there was so many stuff else that I could have said about this album in terms of like 
the black culture like she that's yeah, been influenced 100 from like soul to jazz to reggae she was a hip-hop fan too like she has said yeah. that she was heavily inspired by uh, black culture and like is that a good thing is that a bad thing like do like there was um i saw there was a study not a study but an article done by a professor um who basically called her a culture vulture and like we're obviously not black so like we can't speak on that because we don't it's not our culture to speak on but i think amy winehouse she like she wasn't like putting on a black scent she wasn't like no and she wasn't doing and she had like she knew what like she she wasn't saying oh this is like my music i'm doing this yeah yeah. she gave gave credit credit, yeah which is important i think it's like kind of similar with eminem i think that's why he's like one of the white rappers that's actually has respect and stuck around because he like connected to the music because of his background she connected to the music to the soul music because she felt like when she was going through something like that's what she could you know connect with so yeah she respects that era and she always gives when she's talking about her idols she always names black women mostly yes. so yeah 100%. but yeah go I, on. I, I absolutely love the um album artwork itself it's dark it describes the whole point of the album what the lyrics are what the vibe is you know everything we're back to black we're going straight to a like a bad place um i also love how every track in the album can be a standalone track itself single. a single itself oh my god um and i just love how the album flows it's very it has like an up and down structure um it's a storyline and it sandwiches everything in the last song it just encapsulate encapsulates the whole thing and i love that so so much yeah me so, too very, very i have nothing else to say no, amy's a legend honestly i should be forever remembered and forever remembered with two albums yeah that's so rare which is crazy crazy yeah. let's hop on to the next uh album we're going to pick i don't know this album and Harena's picked it's my album. pick this time i, I next have month. i've never i've i don't know what it's going to be i can only expect there are three artists that can be it can either be Eminem. I do love Eminem. It can either be Queen. I, do I love feel Queen. like we would go off on that. Or what if they're gonna go for like some Nicky kind of vibe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all very know. good guesses. You um, can su- but you've said you're gonna surprise me and I'm so scared. Because it can literally be anything. I'm gonna surprise you. I oh, it can be anything. Wait. I, I have gone through like four albums that I wanted to pick and they're all gonna come at some point okay. um in the future. I'm but so this is a newer album and I've been oh, listening no. to it a lot recently. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, oh no, oh my god, I and I think it's very topical and I think I really, really enjoy it, and I, I want George to listen to it. Okay, carry on. It's Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. Oh, my, I knew it. I fucking knew you it. You did it until now. No, no. Oh, my God. It clocked. As you were speaking, I was like, oh, my God. Why is this still going to be Olivia Rodrigo? Yeah, it's Guts by I Olivia I have not Rodrigo. listened to it, but I've been oh, meaning to. Yes, I want you to listen to it. It's so good. My, so good. My thing for not listening to it was... Every track is going to be amazing. They're all going to go off on TikTok. There's going to be so much trends. I'm eventually going to hit every single track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. We, yeah, go on, go on. I was just going to outro us. Yeah, so no, no, okay. yeah, go ahead. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you took the time to listen to the whole thing, I really appreciate it. Um, feel free to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. It's at The Album Afterlife. And we'll see you next month if you decide to tune in to yeah. discuss Olivia Rodrigo's guts. Brilliant. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.